My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Tokyo has recorded its highest number of new daily ghost cases for six months. Good morning, video games. Welcome to Filthy Casuals, a podcast about video games hosted by three very kind and extremely knowledgeable boys. Thank you very much for joining us. My name is Tommy Dasselow, and with me, as always... Ben Vanell here. It's great to be here on this night of nights. Tommy, you're looking beautiful. You're obviously <laughs> uh, preparing for your role in G.I. Jane 2. Don't. Hey. <laughs> hey. You get my rapidly aging reference to popular culture <laughs> out of your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the number of friends I've had say to me like, Ah, oh, you're going to put a little reference to Will Smith and Chris Rock in the festival show? Like, not only am I not doing that, I think that anyone who does do that should have their comedy license revoked immediately. Honest to God. Yeah, fuck. It's hard to revoke someone's comedy license, though, because whenever you try to grab it, it's too slippery for you to grab and you look like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yes. holding up your pants. You grab it from them. and uh, You lean in and the water comes out of the flower on their chest. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my name's Adam Knox. Um, Beautiful stuff. Hey, the comedy festival is underway. Come and check my show out. It's on now. Turtle Island until April the 10th at the Coopers Inn. Had a couple of filth in last night already. Um, oh, beautiful. Thank you, for, uh, thank you for coming down and checking it out. But yeah, having a lot of fun with that. And you guys, of course, have your show Chimp Cop, which is on at the Improv Conspiracy from April the 8th. Correct. Uh, Friday, eight? April the eighth. I think you might be right. Yeah, I'm so Let right. Me quickly. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh my it's the eighth. I am right. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm in my calendar room. We, if you've if you've <laughs> if you've got tickets for one of those first three nights, a thank you, and b uh, I have COVID. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, I wanted to go ahead and cough on everyone. I thought it'd be funny, <laughs> but not the not the not the opinion of the the Morrison administration. Yeah, the state was against it. We want to spread the laughs. We don't want to spread the COVID. Um, but hey, there's still another nine chances to see us with yeah, uh, yeah like a bunch of free tic- uh, you know available tickets. They're not all sold out yet, um, but you better get in quick because. We are moving bookings around. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the tinfoil hatters amongst us are uh, convinced that this is just a ploy and that you've actually um, cancelled that. For Adam's not sick at all. You've cancelled the first weekend to give yourselves more time to rewrite the show to be entirely about Will Smith and Chris <laughs> <Yeah>. Rock. <laughs> That's why I've come on the podcast today with my very clearly COVID-riddled <laughs> yeah. voice that I'm sure will be off-putting for uh, one-third of this podcast. You're the a very convincing actor, Knox. You're a very convincing actor. To show the quality of the new version of Chimp Cop that's <laughs> yep. all about Chris Rock getting hit at the Oscars. JFK style, you're examining it from every conceivable angle Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It goes for three hours, and uh, boy, the uh, you know I'm already hearing a lot of award buzz about this show that's <laughs> wow. yet to be fully written or do one performance. <laughs> yeah, well, award buzz now meaning that people want to hit us in the face. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, from from not this coming weekend, but the next, and we're doing three weekends. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, 
Damn, it's the most prepared we've been for a comedy festival in seven years. <laughs> it's, it's a uh, good show. It's a good-ass Please show. Please come. Yeah. I'm devastated that we won't be doing it this weekend. I'm very excited to be doing it next weekend. Yep. Yeah, Hopefully I'm, I'm we looking can get, forward to uh, coming along. I can't get wait. Get all those, those punches across to the other dates. And then probably we've had a few people say, oh, you know, we were just in town for that weekend. So we'll probably put it on again. I mean, we were already thinking about that because um, it, <laughs> yeah. uh, it is a sick show. So... There'll be chances who, to see who knows what what the future holds because you 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 make the best plans and then unfortunately have to delay things mm. when you didn't expect to, uh, and if it can happen to us, it can happen to anybody, as has happened with uh, Breath of the Wild, the squeakquel, which still doesn't have a proper name and still, as people predicted is is not ready and will be coming out next year. Yeah. Link's yeah. got COVID. They've had to <laughs> they've had to cancel <laughs> the release for this year. He's got long COVID. It's gonna take yeah. him a long time to recover, so they need or, until twenty twenty three. As you referred to him off air, Luke. <laughs> yeah, I accidentally <laughs> called him Luke. <laughs> I'd love to bring that into the filthy casuals glossary. The He's star called of Luke. the Zelda series is called Luke. Yeah, yeah. The main character's not Ze- you don't play as Zelda. It's not yeah. Zelda. It's Luke. His name's Luke. <laughs> Honestly, he does kind of look like a Luke. Yeah, he's like totally. He's got that kind of like deadbeat surfer hair. Yep. He's got. I know there's lots of different types of Lukes, but I'm thinking mm. of a very specific Luke who looks like Link. <laughs> oh no, every Luke, big summer bay yes, energy. Exactly. Yeah. Every Luke I know looks like Link. To be fair, yeah. Mm. Um, ben, just before when you were kind of you were talking, you know, positively about like you know moving shows across and everything. Don't you're sitting say the word next positive, to please. You're, <laughs> <laughs> you're sitting next to your bedroom window, yeah. and I guess it got a bit sunny and brighter. And the effect, I just God, I've missed Zoom. The effect <laughs> for, for on our end was that your window just got extremely white and washed out, and it was just like you talking about like you know, moving the shows on and getting more prepared. It kind of looked like you you yourself were moving on to a different plane of existence. It was yeah, it was yeah. a breathtaking visual effect and uh, <laughs> the kind that we can expect in spring 2023 when yeah. Breath of the Wild 2 finally launches. And uh, Which I, is a date I also don't believe in now. I kind of thought it was going to come out this year and now that they've said no I now think that it won't be spring 2023 either and that this will be a while away because that's what happened with Breath of the Wild 1 is they put it back by like several times and by a long long stretch from Mm. memory. Yeah yeah and if this isn't already the plan I think what will end up happening is that it will be launched in conjunction whether it's cross-gen or not but it'll be launched in conjunction with whatever the next console is. I think that'll that's the other nightmare aspect to this change is that once again, that fucking coal engine that (laughs) chuffs out smoke that spells out NX2 or whatever, the new version of the Switch will be launched alongside Breath of the Wild 2 is, yeah, again, what people are saying. When did the the OLED Switch come out? Was that late mid last Um, year? October last year? Yeah. Yeah, so like okay. six months ago. Okay. Do it, is that, does that, what does that say with regards to a, another actual console coming out? Like, because they've, obviously uh, they've done these iterations on all the handhelds. Yeah. Um, right. The Wii didn't, but the Wii U, you know, many people thought was an iteration. How, what the, what's the timeline like for this kind of stuff with Nintendo? It's hard to say because especially with their handhelds, they'll bring out a new version willy-nilly. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure the Game Boy Micro came out after the DS had already launched, which right. was the tiny version of the Game Boy Advance. So, like, it, it they don't give a fuck and they, about I, it. Did they kind of do it with the Wii? Wasn't there, like, a mini <sighs> Wii or something? There was a slight... There was, like, a weird, like, yeah. red Canadian Wii. Yeah, there was, like, a oh. redesigned Wii or something like that that I think was kind of, like, brought out right at the end of it to sort of give it a last little... It was, like, a kind of a budgety sort of last gasp little... Right. Yeah. Sort of shift a few more extra before we move on to the next thing. So, I yeah, I think their, their iterations of models mean basically next to nothing in terms right. of... Um, you know, the longevity and what they're planning in the future. Especially but, if you yeah. believe the rumours of why the OLED switch happened is that they'd ordered these OLED panels, weren't ready to put out the new switch because of COVID and stuff like that. Imagine COVID setting something back. <laughs> and then um, also like, but like had the stuff. So I went, all right, we'll chuck this on here and, right. and 
get something new out the door and suckers like Adam and Tommy will pick it up. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. It does make sense that... So, if you were to release Breath of the Wild 2 now, it kind of looked like Breath of the Wild 1. Functionally... Right. In terms of the graphical capabilities, it was like, well, it's the same game, same map, even, just with stuff in the air. So, sure, pop that out on the current Switch and it'll be passable. But if they're like, oh, okay, no, no, we're going to drop a new a new Switch or, you know, a, a Switch 2 or a new console soonish, just hold fire yeah. on that old Breath of the Wild 2. Bump it up a bit. It's going to look nicer and, and drop it with, yeah, Switch 2, Switch Pro or whatever it's going to be called. Yeah. I still... uh, it certainly worked out for the first game, right? Yeah. That's exactly what they did on the Wii U and the Switch. So. And it, it sold me a Switch. Uh, yeah. and, and people with Wii U's bought the game as well. So it was kind of a win-win. I still feel like the, yeah, the like what we've seen of it and how the first game ran on the Switch, like from what we've seen of 2, I still don't really see how it's going to run on the switch like i'm still convinced that this is being designed with the next upgrade mm-hmm. thing in mind and maybe that's got something to do with the delays either holding it off until the new model is announced and released or it's just if they are now having to make it work on this hardware they're finding that harder to do than they initially right. thought or like or whatever it is but yeah i think definitely like i wish they would just go all in and go Yep, it's coming out middle of next year, and so is our next console. It's going to launch mm. with that. If they just like gave up the ghost all now, that would be great because I think that that's surely what's going to end up happening. I think, and that's the frustrating thing about how they work is this like smoke and mirrors. Like, no, we don't even. We're never going to do a new switch, right? Never. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tell us what you're doing. Hey, worst case scenario. They still don't have enough parts for a new Switch, and they're spending the next. How when was it supposed to come out? End of this year? Or uh, yeah, it was still like yeah. holiday twenty twenty two was Breath of the Wild two originally. They're going to spend six months cutting stuff out of the game so it can run on the normal Switch. Yay! That's <laughs> also <laughs> possible. Every new Switch game makes me so aware of you know we're at that same point where the the Wii was where people were like it looks good for a Wii game yeah um because. Yep. We've all played Kirby, right? Yeah. Do you want to talk about Kirby and do like a Nintendo half here and then do... Oh, that's a great idea. That's not bad at all. That's a great <laughs> okay. idea. Seven Thematic. years into doing this podcast. Yeah. Let's link yeah. the stories together. Let's, let's break it up by console. Okay. God, that almost seems so obvious. We should have been doing that from the start. Fucking idiots. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you've you've taken that idea and sucked it in. Yes. Which and that idea would normally be a little hat for you, mm-hmm. but this time around, that idea is a big, disgusting shape inside of you that that you wrap your thin skin around. But you've still yeah. got. Kirby doesn't seem on. to have any guts. He's just got thin skin that can wrap over anything. A little condom man. Yeah, yeah, little Connie boy. I think his guts are like magic, right? Because the guts convert people into powers. There's just magicness right. inside there. So when he stretches over a fucking vending machine, it's just magic. It's magic funny though. Magic gut sounds like what Luke instead of Link would do <laughs> or a woman he's sleeping with yeah. she has. You got magic guts, <laughs> Like while he's in he's saying that, yeah. yeah. But what's like, the thing that's funny is like, what is the, what's the X factor? Because there's, you know, most of the, a lot of the enemies in Kirby games, he sucks them in and he gets their powers. Mm-hmm. But then there's a lot of them that he sucks them up and just nothing happens. Right. So, like, what's the X factor that someone has to have for their, like, their essence to be, like, conjurable for Kirby? Like, that would that be would devastating be so if you're like, oh, he's going to suck me up and he's going to turn into a big buff superstar <laughs> and then he's just like, nothing happens and Kirby just his spits di- you out his again. Dick, it's like, his dick, sm- like, shrinks a few inches. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Kirby just like, what a fucking waste of my time. Yuck. Just out. nothing. That would be so devastating. Yeah. Oh, like, I'm I'm medium at retail now. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um yeah, the, the 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 what's it called? Kirby And the Forgotten, the forgotten Land. Land. And the Forgotten Land, that's yep. it. Um, it is apparently the first actual 3D Kirby game they've put out, which I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I haven't, I haven't played a lot of Kirby games. Yeah, right. They've they've had 
ones that are presented in 3D, but in terms of 3D movement. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah, I mean, it right. seems weird that it's taken them uh, this long to do it because I've been loving it. I've nearly finished it. Like, I've been mm. working on my festival show during the day and then just getting into bed at night and unwinding with a bit of Kirby. It's very Moorish. It's very just kind of easy to plough through. And it's... It's. I'm just finding it so fun and creative and inventive and just a fun kind of relaxing time. And I think a lot of the inventiveness and joy that I'm finding in it comes from kind of what we're talking about. Like Kirby, I think in his origins, the design of him, I think is very like based on practicality of the hardware that right. they were working with. It's like, oh, just make him a little circle. Like in mm-hmm. the way that, you know... Mario's moustache is only there to distinguish the bottom half of his face, like it's a pixel kind of thing. Pac-Man. Yeah, One of exactly. the other famous video game circles. Circles, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I like that his design is clearly like, they weren't really thinking about it too much. It's like, oh, I'll just make him a little circle because that's just kind of easy to see on the screen. And then now getting this far along and being like, but how does the circle really function? Like, what's, <laughs> yeah. what's going on inside of him? Like, what if he had a car inside of him? I think is like <laughs> really fun that they've just taken this thing that wasn't thought about too much, however long ago it was, 35 years ago, and now like really, really experimenting with him and kind of, yeah, thinking of all the fun, different, stupid shit that you can do with him. Mm. It's And it definitely does that. That's That's definitely the appealing aspect of this game is going through and seeing the silly stuff they think for you to do because none of that stuff that you really do is ever challenging in this game and like kind of deliberately so it's not trying to be but like it's just trying to present you with this like colorful and um pleasant world where you get to see a bunch of silly things happen to Kirby. Do you do satisfying <laughs> yeah. fun shit where you become a car and then you're breaking through walls or, mm-hmm. yeah, you become a, a little movable set of stairs and yeah. you have to like collapse yourself <laughs> over to like break down a wall and stuff like that. And, yeah, definitely the – like the challenge in the game is I think more – I this is a game where if you want challenge out of it, it is there but in the way of exploration where your challenge is going to be trying to 100% it and go through the levels and find – every little thing that is hidden in all, like, the nooks and crannies. That's where the challenge comes from. If you're someone who likes kind of, yeah, digging around and finding little hidden pathways and hidden walls and switches and stuff like that, which uh, which I do. Like, I think I, this is going to be one that I go back to and 100%. Like, I love looking for all that kind of little hidden bullshit in, in these kinds of 3D platformer games. Same. I've been uh, d- d- exactly the same, trying to do all that stuff, like, first time through a level. But some of you get, like... So you go through, it's a basic platformer, pretty straightforward, a lot like Mario 3D World, but, you know, you're playing as Kirby who can suck up other people's powers and that's how you fight the little enemies and stuff who are in the um, worlds. You go through and there's some little boss at the end and all that stuff is pretty straightforward, but then you have this kind of list of objectives that are all obscured to you the first time through the level. Uh, Usually there'll be one that's like, save these hidden waddle dees and they'll be behind some wall that you have to use a power to like light a fuse to blow up a bomb or whatever. And then there'll be other ones that are more obscure that are level dependent that are like, you know, say hello to a seagull. Mm. Yeah. And there's not an easy way to intuit that your first time through, but then as you finish the level, it'll reveal one of those hidden objectives. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can go back to it. And sometimes you can accidentally find them like they're, like a, some levels have ones where they're like tear down three wanted posters. There's little Kirby little wanted posters on a wall. And maybe you already did one by accident by like, you know, hitting a bad yeah. guy and then the um, right, the right. thing falling down and it'll come up in the bottom of the screen and you go, oh, right, there's two more of them to find in this level. Cool. And yeah, yeah and then parallel to that, you've got Kirby's little copy abilities that you can level up and upgrade to make them more powerful by doing uh, these little challenge levels that are dotted around the world map that Mm. are basically these kind of self-contained little mini challenges that just focus on one of the little powers that you have and you have maybe two minutes to get to the end and they they vary from little combat challenges to like a little puzzle maze that you have to walk uh, work through or like a little almost like racetrack thing that you have to make it to the end of and they I, when the game started, I kind of thought they were just this like kind of optional little you know challenge thing that doesn't matter too much. But 
they're really fun and they, they are essential to upgrading the um, abilities that you get, which is such a fun part of the game is like mm. finding a little copy ability that you really like, going in and upgrading it and then seeing how much more kind of like how much more damage and just chaos you can inflict by having it fully leveled up. Um, that's a that's a really fun element, I think, the little the little focused challenges that really get the best out of the, the uniqueness of all these different copy abilities that you have. Yeah, I yeah. agree. It, it's like it, it is a lot like Mario 3D World with, with less of the platforming difficulty in yeah. there. Yeah. But the yeah. same sort of puzzle solving stuff and the same creativity the whole way through and the same appealing aesthetic and all of that. But just, yeah, not trying to be uh, mechanically, physically difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, to convey how easy it is, so the, the first world boss. I beat by standing next to him and hitting attack until yeah. he died. Like, literally, yeah. I didn't move the character. Yeah. I didn't have to dodge. He just... And I was just using the bomb little ability, and he just died after about 30 seconds. <laughs> and, and I'm playing it on hard mode as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> wild mode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, <is> uh, <laughs> it couldn't be easier. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a kid's game. Like, honestly... It's it'd be a great game for like a six, seven, eight year old who right. will be challenged by it and will be like totally chummed by it as well because it is like it's very well designed. I love the like user interface stuff, the all the animations, all of the like it's just charming. It's just like a nice game made by people who like really know how to make games well. Yeah, the presentation and the design of it, like the the level designs in terms of both just the layout and just the um the themes in the worlds are, mm, are yeah. really interesting. They're not just totally. going for like straight up. Here's the beach. Here's the you know. Here's the snow level. There's like all these like really interesting little twists on like him being in a forgotten land. Like the quote unquote story is Kirby gets sucked into a black hole and wakes up in this weird world where he doesn't know where he is. And it's kind of got this weird sort of like post-apocalyptic <laughs> Last mm. of Us-y kind of feel. It looks which, like Nier, uh, Nier yeah, Automata. Which I love, this like cutesy little pink puffball in this like kind of weirdly dark and ominous <laughs> like scary wasteland is like, mm. yeah, it's a, it's a funny game. Like all the mouthful abilities that you get, you can tell they've gone, let's make this. Try, let's try and make someone laugh with the way Kirby animates the way he how right. he walks when he's sucked up a vending machine and yeah yeah there's just a there's just a lot of fun and creativity and and you're right like it's 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 a totally a walk in the park um, but that's I mean that's kind of always been the se- that's like kind of a benchmark of the series I think Nintendo mm, have this true. kind of like internal hierarchy of like their platformers and where they all kind of rank in terms of their difficulty and I think I think Yoshi's I think I saw this somewhere. Like, Yoshi's just below Kirby, I think. Maybe it's meant to be. The Yoshi games are meant to be the dead easiest in Kirby. Or maybe they're parallel. Right. But, yeah, it is. And the, you can play, like, a co-op mode where you have a second player. So, it's like, a, yeah, it would be a great one to introduce a kid to a game for the first time where you can be kind of, like, taking the reins and mm. just kind of walk around and help totally. you Totally. Because, like, I'm not, like... Even though, yes, it is easy and you're not going to get satisfaction if you are just looking for mechanically difficult platforming. Like, this isn't Super Meat Boy or whatever. Like, that. It's, well, it's not even Mario. No, yeah. it's, and it, exactly. But all the little um, side objectives and stuff to do, it almost makes it the appear or like the, um, the, the Moorishness of it for me into like that of an adventure game or something like that, where you're looking for these little Hunting hidden around. bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, and that has been really satisfying and yeah again not difficult but relaxing and satisfying which if something is relaxing and satisfying and you can't enjoy it hey what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> what are you jay leno on the beach and then fucking leaving your holiday early let's <laughs> <laughs> just, just had an engine <laughs> yeah it i i am i am liking it but just yeah it won't if you look, come into it looking for for what it is. I mean, most than, of us are coming yeah. off the back of having sunk many, many hours into Elden Ring, so it's like a very funny thing to come along in this time frame. But, uh, but mm. yeah, if you've ever been interested in a Kirby in any way, I think it's in terms of the Kirby games. I think it, it's maybe the best one that I've ever played. Like I've played mm. quite a few of them. Um, I have like a deep nostalgia for the series because I had the original on the Game Boy and, you know, going right back to when I first started playing video games and it's just, it really does feel cool, like, 
like I said, it's crazy that this is the first time they've done like a true 3D one of these because mm. I think it fits the, it just fits the the world so well to to have that different perspective. So yeah, he's a sphere now. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's it's really it's it's really nice. It's yeah. just a nice time. Yep. Yep. Don't mind Kirby at all. Recommend one star if, <laughs> if you tickled it all by it. Then uh, yeah, recommend. Only thing I'm confused by with it is I don't get why he's got his little mate with the big ears who doesn't seem to do anything at any point and is just sort of there when you when yeah. you clear a level. Yeah. I'm like, well, what the fuck are you taking part of this victory celebration for? You want anything yeah. to do with the success yeah. we've had today. Because that's not the co-op character. The co-op character is just a Waddle Dee with a bandana. Right. That little is Marcus maybe Phoenix Waddle Dee. My, <laughs> my one... Uh, negative thing about it is that the the two player co op thing is that yeah the you the second player plays as a little uh, waddle dee who can't get any of the abilities can't like suck people up and mm, get right. the copy abilities so it's a little bit of a shame that you're playing with a second player who maybe you're doing that to yeah kind of introduce them to a game like this and they uh, like my girlfriend was like oh I love Kirby and was playing with me and she's like. Why can't I do any of that stuff that you're yeah. doing? And I was like, oh, you, you take Kirby and I'll do the. It's it's. It seems like a weird That's oversight a to not have you both be able to get abilities and mm. go around together doing the same game. It's a shame that it's yeah, not maybe it breaks a, it, but then at that point, don't put it in or something. But yeah, yeah. That, that that's a bit of a shame. And from from what I hear from people who finished the main game, uh, I hear that the post game stuff is fucking awesome. So I'm looking forward to getting up to that, whatever that is. Cool. Well. Uh, Speaking of cooperation, yes, uh, the company PlayStation, a division of Sony, yes, is cooperating with a number of video game publishers mm-hmm. to create their own version of, uh, well, to create an additional extra features version of premium PlayStation Plus. Yeah, that is. In the realm of a Game Pass type of thing. I guess so, right? Because it's got the most expensive one as like 700 games. So that's a lot of games. It is. Um, But it's not quite Game Pass. Um, It's essentially PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus combined from what I've been able to read. Like it's most of the titles on that, but they've only given you like 400 or 300 for the cheap subscription and you get the full like batch for the the most expensive one. I don't know how much expensive, uh, how much <laughs> PlayStation now cost um, because I've you know I think it's available here, but I just, you know it's just not something it's we not. use. Oh, it's not. So that's right. the thing, yeah. And so in Australia, this is especially weird um, because we get and other territories that are mm. like Australia. So get. If you don't have access to PlayStation Now in your territory, you will get this other version of it, a fourth tier. Let me let me open the full thing and, yeah, and yeah. take us through here. Because it is confusing. I sort of don't like I get it in the sense that, yeah, there's so there's one level that is uh the broad strokes are yeah, there's one level that's just uh, um a library of games of PlayStation classics. Not mm, a million yeah. miles away from the library that you get uh, if you own a PS5, which is mm-hmm. already a great library. And to me, kind of, it's like, well, everything's there that you would kind of want anyway. Right. But and then, that's like but 20 games, but then this this first tier is several hundred? So the first tier is the same as the one we've got now. Right. Oh, that's you, right. You yeah, can, there is on the PS5. base tier of just like you, you play online games. And they're reducing the number of monthly games you get as well down to two okay. for that. So right. they are reducing the amount that you get for what you're paying currently. Right, right, right. Because um, you get currently you get four, right? You get a couple of PS4 ones, you get a couple of PS5 ones, or like an indie one, yeah. or a PSN one, or whatever. But it's four I think in it's total. yeah, like one PS5 and then two PS4s or something at the moment. But they're yeah. reducing that down to two monthly downloadable games, uh, and that is the one that costs eighty dollars for a year subscription right. in Australia. Yep. Uh, PlayStation Plus Extra is you get all of that stuff and then you get those PS4 and PS5 games you were talking about. They are downloadable. You play them off of your machine. That's that one. Yep. Uh, I don't know how much that costs in Australia yet. Um, and then PlayStation Plus Deluxe is the other one we'll get on in Australia, which you get some PS1, 2, and PSP games that you can download and play on a PS5. I don't know if you can play them on a PS4. Mm. And you also get some like 
extra demos, like try before you buy stuff and stuff like that. Right. And that will cost roughly double the price. Jesus. And then, yeah. But then there is, there's another tier in the, in other territories that aren't Australia, which is. Uh, an even bigger library of yeah. the older it's games from PS One and Two, but are they're cloud. Uh, based. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And then you also get PS Three games that are yeah. cloud playable. But just because our internet fucking sucks here, and I guess they just don't have the infrastructure to do the PlayStation Now streaming stuff, they're just not offering that if it's not possible, which makes a lot of sense. Which, but everywhere where that does exist, yeah, you, I you get, will yeah. get. That makes sense in terms of not offering it here when our internet can't handle it but what doesn't make sense to me is why base it in the cloud to begin with like it the the whole kind of structure of this seems kind of i don't know it seems kind of needlessly confusing especially when mm. you've got this thing that already exists and you're trying to build that in but then downscaling it like it it like the the only reason is it's just cheaper yeah it's, it's cheaper than cheaper. to develop yeah. on on console emulation of the PS3, right. and which I think would be very much possible, but you would have to do it on a game-by-game basis probably. You can't just sort of like... Um, uh, what's that word? You can't just throw the fucking kitchen sink at it like they do now by having a powerful computer there that you can stream through, which works right. out being cheaper than developing right. the sure, sure. downloadable versions. So, and because, yeah, these already yeah. exist on PlayStation now, what they're really doing is just rebranding something and repackaging. Yeah. They're, they're not actually doing any like work work in terms of development work, which sure, yeah. like that would be costly. And I don't know what Sony's you know like bottom line looks like, but... What this is really at the end of the end of the day is a repackaging of existing services. It seems like. exactly, and you know, with the implication that they're adding a lot more to it, and the PS Five games will be coming to it, and all of that sort of stuff. But yes, PlayStation now allows you to play PS Three games on a big farm of PS Threes or whatever that they've got somewhere. Yep, they're just rolling that into a new thing in a very confusing way yeah. with four different tiers globally. And then also the other big difference between this and Game Pass is they've already said PS5 exclusives and, and <laughs> Sony first-person yeah. party titles are not coming to it day one. Yeah, uh, it's still going to have to pay full not price for those. For them. Yeah. It's yes. funny because like this, the ro- the way it's all kind of being done, it does feel like it doesn't feel like this organic kind of neat idea that they had where they were like, "This is what we want to bring to consumers." Mm. It feels like a very begrudging like. Stop fucking asking us about our version of Game Pass. Fine, here it is. Yeah, just have yeah. like have this. Shut up and leave us alone. <laughs> it's it a is. lot closer to the Nintendo Switch Online one, where there's yeah. like these weird different tiers. It's all a little bit underwhelming. Yeah, it's a you know it, it's a lot more in line with that than than Game Pass. The big benefit of Game Pass being that it is expensive, and I think it's more expensive year to year if you're paying full price for it uh, than the top tier of this is but you're getting those new games day one yeah which if you don't buy two games a year because you have game pass you've broken even yes yeah yeah i don't know Um, and i think like sony would be loving that all the coverage is basically saying here's playstation's game pass because it's not but people might just sign up for it because they've heard you know like it is it is going in their favor despite it being a, a, a less or a would less, that, yeah, good service. Or would that annoy them that there's just this immediate, you know what I mean? Because it, it literally is like being talked about like, all right, they've finally gotten off their fucking asses and done their version of it. It's not being treated as this, as this you know, new thing that they've cooked up. It really is being mm. treated in the press as like they would not have thought of this if, you know, <laughs> Xbox hadn't been doing it for right. many, many years now. Um which is but true. Hey, but yeah, <laughs> like yeah, which is, is completely true. true. Yeah. <laughs> and to be clear, there's a ton of good PS1, 2, P, 3 games, 4, 5. No mention of Vita anywhere. Mm. Um, so it's fucking sick that there's going to be more ways to play old games. I'm always in favor of that. Yeah, yeah. And um, because there's not too much mention yet of exactly what will be on this apart from... That's yeah, true. I mean, if you don't already have that... Um, that uh, that little pack that you get when you buy a PS5 of all the classics. I mean, that's obviously where you should... I mean, that's such a great incentive, I think, to 
while there's still not a ton of exclusives on it to get a PS5, if you never had a PS4, it's like, hey, you yeah. turn it on, you pay a little fee, and then you get you get all the bangers from the last generation, yeah. or certainly a great deal of them. But what it, there's not much word yet on what will be included in that um, in that next tier up the the hundreds, and no. hundreds right? They've yeah. said numbers. They've said something like four or five hundred games. They've said hundreds and hundreds of games. But yeah. <laughs> um, no word on what they are, but like you know, you can guess. Yeah. I reckon fucking Lego Batman uh, Wipeout twenty ninety seven will yeah. be a PS one game you can play. But um, it 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 so it's very cool that like there's more ways to play these games, but especially in Australia, it's just like it's a bit of a shame that who knows which of those games that it, we do even have access to the systems of right. will even be here, if that makes sense, the confusing way I've said it. It sucks that we won't get the PS3 and who knows which other games we'll miss out on because of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's a bummer to be in 2022 and still be like, you know, feeling like you're 12 and reading about a game or a movie or something in a magazine that won't come out here for like another year. Like really felt, yeah. there was like this kind of glory period where it felt like we were beyond that and like everything just comes out day and date around the world and like oh man <laughs> yeah what? We, and got, then like, we got ps5s like that's you know we it did really feel like hey if you get up early enough you know it, and yeah. even that is like a you know a, a uh, compromise you can be just as uh, you know on the cutting edge as everyone else and now it's like no 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 right yeah, yeah if you've yeah. got a good enough friend at a big w right you can get <laughs> anything in this world yeah um uh, the the other thing is that people who are in territories where PS Now works, uh, apparently it's fine, but also like the streaming quality is not great, but it's right. like responsive enough. So, right. and there's no word of upgrading any of that stuff that I've been able to see. So, you know, it's it's okay, and there are people for who this will make a ton of sense. Where, like you say, Ben, if if you're getting a PS5 and you've missed out on a ton of these games, then this is sick. This is a bunch of games. For a lot cheaper than they would have cost to buy individually, right? Like, yeah. That's cool. Um, but yeah, the the no day one exclusives thing is a, is a big knock against it versus Game yeah. Pass. Because um, Game Pass is a, not like cheap, cheap. Like it's, and no. I only have the PC version, which is like a uh, fifteen dollars or something Australian, I think. And it's right. and even that is like okay. Well, I justify that by being like I would have bought uh, Halo. I would have bought you know Gears of War five. So I'm I'm evening that out and yeah for it to be what is it like 160 Australian potentially a year They haven't said Australian prices for any of the of this stuff but they've said US prices so it'll probably be around <clears throat> 160 It just seems like a lot when yes you're not getting those day ones But again this yeah. is where you know at the time that Xbox were launching this they just still didn't quite have we've talked for ages on this show about how they've just never quite had those exclusives that get people revved up in the same way they've had some really good ones in the last few months but previous to that it was like what are you yeah what are you what what are you getting into the xbox ecosystem for that's that's really exciting that you can't get on any other consoles whereas sony are just like you know they've had so much success and they're like they're really zeroing in so for them it's like yeah, they're our, like, why would we give them away for free? They're our big marquee content. Like, I don't think yeah. you'll, yeah, I just don't think they'll ever really have the need to do that, to kind of, like, entice yeah. people in in that way because they... <laughs> it's they, like yeah. how Disney Plus was like, oh, we'll put Black Widow up, but it's 30 bucks. Yeah. Mm. You know, like, they can do that because people want to pay for it. And also, old games are fun, and I love being able to yes. play old yeah, games. totally. So that whole side of it... Um, depending on the catalogue and whatever, but it sounds big, is it, it, cool. But yes, this yeah. is very much their version of that Nintendo Switch Online, uh, to my mind, rather than yes. Game Pass. Yeah. 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 But uh, the, 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 the you know, part of why it's disappointing there won't be new games is because there's a ton of new games that come out on PlayStation systems that are very fun to play. <laughs> One oh. of those games for me... <laughs> Has been Ghostwire Tokyo. Have you, you had been to go down this, to the Nox? shop and play? F- I have full price for like a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I paid seventy nine dollars Australian and I got a bunch of iron on patches with it. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I paid the same and I didn't get jack shit apart well, from the game, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know why I got that. I think it was a pre order thing from JB Hi-Fi, but it came in Sometimes a cardboard just, that- box. 
they've got a ton of those sitting around and they're like, get this out of my fucking shop. Yeah. Um, I didn't know you'd been playing in Nox. So uh, yeah. this, this game is developed by Tango Games. I think that's the name. Tango Gameworks. That sounds right. Um, they developed The Evil Within 1 and 2. And the the director of this studio is was is Shinji Mikami. Is that right? Uh, I think it's still him, ex Resident Evil guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll double check, but I do. I think I looked this up because I started playing this game and was like, uh, it doesn't seem very scary. I thought this was by the guy who was like the co Resident Evil guy. Um, but yes, yeah, it, I think it, it is. is. I saw Hideo shouting him out during the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's still the executive producer of uh, Tango Gameworks. Mm. Uh, um, yeah. So what do you think of it, Nox? I am genuinely really enjoying it. Um, I uh, think it's a beautiful looking game that mm. runs weirdly badly at some points if you're too high up on the PS5. But um, it's like this interesting, unique kind of first person shooter set in a... Uh, ghost-filled version of Shibuya mm. in Tokyo where you are... Uh, all the people have disappeared except for you who is, like, inhabited by this other spirit who wants to take vengeance on some guy. And the mm-hmm. story kind of unfolds um, from there. But you have these magical powers that you're building as you go through. And every magical power just equates to some different type of gun in a Quake game. Like, they're Absolutely. not... <laughs> yeah. They're, they're not too too creative but they're fun to use for me and you're going through and kind of fighting these awkward ghosts um in this ubisofty kind of far cry version of of uh downtown tokyo and i'm like hold on he got very emotional (laughs) just (laughs) talk about ghostwire makes me so so sad i want to sneeze sneezing (laughs) is one of the most beautiful depictions of emotion um yeah, it's 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 like just click in with me for whatever reason. I d- I don't right. I, I'm get finding it, it yeah. very addictive, um, kind of despite itself. So yeah, I think that's yeah. It's it's an open world game. It very much is like sort of uh, points you in a direction though. There's like this fog that you like, kills you. So right, you're kind of kept to specific areas until you unlock um, unlock those areas. You do that by like right. cleansing this shrine. Or a gate, a Tory gate, um, and expanding the the amount of yeah the city you can explore. Um, it it looks fucking incredible. I'm playing it in I think like H, or which one is it? I think I was just playing in performance mode initially, and then I've right. bumped it up to some other one. But even in performance mode over quality mode, it looks so good. Like yeah. it it does look almost photorealistic in parts. It, just the environment. You could look around and be like, oh, so we're doing like the Google Earth tour of uh, Tokyo, huh? Like, oh, it's raining all the time, but this is still really cool. Like, it is incredibly detailed. The lighting is like impeccable. Um, It just looks exactly like Shibuya. Mm. It it does. It's got like a ray tracing mode and on the PC, which it's also out on... um, yeah, I think you can you can get it running pretty well, but I think it also has um, pretty good art direction that I'm really yes. liking too. All of the sort Spot of on. enemies are these like Japanese mythology versions of ghosts and stuff. So it's mm-hmm. like headless school kids and that sort of thing, you know. Yeah, big women with scissors, Slendermans with umbrellas, bunch of Slendermans, and then you get some not so Slendermans later on. And yeah. I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of representation. Thank you. <laughs> They cop um, a few fireball blasts before they go down. <laughs> okay, okay. But just, like all the masks that the enemies are wearing, the mm-hmm. design of everything just... Uh, I, I Visually, I think the game is is so, so great across the board. I really, really yep. can't fault most of that other than it running a little bit weirdly badly if you're high up. Right, but right. that's neither here nor there. I, I would say if we were going to be rating this in a bunch of categories, like in the yes. good old days of magazines, <laughs> visuals, which would incorporate graphics and design, visuals might literally be 10 out of 10 for me. It looks like amazing because it's not just uh, the enemies aren't just folklore based. It's also you have every like convenience store is now run by a floating cat. Uh, there's right. dogs everywhere, little Chiba dogs that are like... Um, uh, hey, come, follow me and I'll show you a secret. Or you can just talk to them if you want to. Yeah, there's a tanuki hunt. <laughs> um, 
you pick up little statues that like either you I think they just some of them are just collectibles, some of them are part of subquests. Uh you can pray to uh Jizo statues that give you uh increased stats in your uh yeah, like your magical powers. But it's all yeah, it's all represented by beautifully designed and like graphically executed Japanese folklore stuff. I and then atmospherically I think it all works really well. Like the sound design is also great where like yeah. these ghosts will have this weird kind of warped way of talking and all that sort of stuff. But then I think the voice acting is also really good. It's like mm-hmm. defaults to Japanese being the voice language, which yep. I left it on and it is great. Yep. Agreed. Um, and the writing as well. I'm enjoying. I, I like uh, the personalities of the sort of main characters and the the little quips and stuff they're doing out in the world have been a bit of fun and and like not bother me the story is not too complicated or detailed or whatever but it's got enough character to it that that i've been enjoying that aspect of it yeah i think the dialogue is great um i do find the story a little nothing like i don't care about anyone i'm still going through it because i'm enjoying the exploration factor kind of like with kirby it's like well i want to see every nook and cranny of this city there's like I know that there will be something cool to 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 find, um, even restoring your powers or getting more money. You just do a melee attack on like a floating, you know, uh, oily like car. Like a corrupted <laughs> object yeah. that's in and the air. Yeah. That's all really satisfying because there's like a great little explosion effect or like the coins appear in the air and like sucked into your whatever. Like it all yeah. is really, really well executed and satisfying to do when it comes to exploration. Story-wise, I think, yeah, it's just a little, hey, you've woken up in a city where there's spirits now, go fight the bad guy. Like, it's pretty much that. Um, And there's a bit of like, well, your character has his own motivation, your friend character has his own motivation, and it makes sense, but it's not (coughs) breaking any new ground or even breaking any ground. (laughs) let's go get the villain who is obviously bad. Right, right, right. Um, um, but And but, I can set that yeah. aside, cause I, and I have, because I've, I reckon I've played about five or six hours of this so far, which apparently is nearly the end. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, which is a shame. But where the game is not passable, I would say, like is, is a slog, for me is the combat. Because it's slow. It's slow-paced. It... Like there is a cooldown time when you just have a health item, <laughs> like right, it, like and not just in terms of there is one. There's a cooldown time from having another health health item. There is also a cooldown time where your character like visually responds to getting healed and then can attack again of like one second. So it doesn't feel like it's not very twitchy. It's not like a first person shooter. It it is like. You don't even have to sprint a lot of the time. Like it really is just sort of like walking around slowly, backing away from enemies and and firing magic at them. It, it is. And it's not far off the pace of like Resident Evil 4 or something like mm-hmm. that. But I agree that the combat is like less interesting than that is because um the problem I've had with the combat is that it's just pretty easy and like right. you're kind of just whipping these bits of magic at people who you can easily dodge. Yep. And uh, and and block, and so it's not been um, particularly in- engaging in that aspect. But I have kind of enjoyed it still, partly because like the triggers, you know, all mm-hmm. feeding back and all the rumble and stuff, and everything just feeling it feels nice to. So you 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 shoot this magic at people or at the ghosts until you've exposed this like core they have, and then you can latch onto the core, and that's what kills them. Yeah, or you can just do a bit more damage to them, and that kills them as well. But um, I found that really satisfying and uh, it's been good enough that it, to me it's like a Far Cry or something where um, it's it sort of, it, the combat isn't as, you know, option filled as something like that, but it's just sort of a part of what you have to do to go and explore because I right. agree with you that the exploration stuff is the more interesting bit, but I'm not hating the combat. It's absolutely fine and... and, and um isn't grating in any way but it's also not a bit i look forward to it's just kind of, it's a it's a very medium like okay thing in right for me because i started fine. i started playing it on hard and that was yeah. uh, that was enough of a challenge and then i got to a boss that i literally i just couldn't beat the boss and it's because 
it for the way I play these kind of games or have tended to, I like to sort of run around and dodge or like the right. you, you move a little slowly. That. You're yeah. not doing that. You'd like you're just sort of standing around. You're trying to do a perfect parry essentially because when you play on hard and you use your shield, heap you still get heaps of damage done to yeah. you. So. Um, that was quite frustrating, so I put it back to normal, and now it has been, yeah, pretty much just like, okay, bang, 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 these guys are all out of the way. Took the boss, like, you know, a minute to beat, or less, probably after I did that. So, yeah, it's become less of a, um, chore in the sense that it's actually slowing me down, uh, but it's more of a chore in that it's pretty, pretty repetitive at at this point. Yeah, I, I, I don't... Because you know you can kind of sneak up to people and stealth kill them before you're yeah. you're actually in a fight too, and the loop of stealth kill as many as you can, and then up oh, someone saw me, I'll perf- I'll dodge uh, well like yeah I'll you hit L one at the right time and you parry and attack yeah and it's pretty easy timing so you can do that with almost everything yeah and then you'll fire a few of your spells or whatever back. This sounds it's pretty uh, straightforward. This mm. sounds almost identical to Kirby, so I'll probably love it. <laughs> like, <laughs> nice looking world to explore. Combat's, you know, it's there, it's, but it's by the by. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. she, Man, I, I might even put it on easy because I do really love exploring the world. Like, mm. it, it's I, great. I cannot emphasize enough. It's like if you took the Yakuza cities and increased the texture quality and the lighting to a next generation level. Uh, and put it in first person, like and that is this a, vibey, a really fun ghost mm. sort of stuff. Yeah, I yeah, so yeah. I've I've bought this. I haven't uh, played it yet. I just probably next week I'll start it once I, once my show is a bit more um, bedded in. But I've just kind of got it sitting there ready to go. And yeah, I got to be honest. When the the first trailers for this, I I was just not interested. I thought it looked kind of lame, just in the in the very like cut together kind of version of it. Didn't really interest me. But then since it's been out and seeing the reviews and hearing what it actually is, like, yeah, I've done a complete 180 on it. I, like, mm. I did not get the impression that it was this open world um, exploring a real city from any of the trailers that uh, – the initial trailers that they'd cut together. Like, it, it's it's right. a completely different looking thing to what I thought it was that immediately made me just a million times more interested than what I'd seen of it in the, in the lead up. And it's weird that – because – when I found out it's like this open world sort of thing, I've been, you know, pretty uninterested in the Far Cry style of game for a little while mm. now. And this one's really got me. I, there's enough different stuff to go and find and do that I'm just really having a good time. And the world is just so interesting to look mm. at that getting right. more excuses to go and look at different nooks and crannies of it is really, really enjoyable. And yeah, the the, the combat is... Neither here nor there, but uh, for me at least, it isn't a, 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 a detriment to the game. Um, so yeah, a, a, almost every bit of this, I'm just kind of gelling with, which has been really nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I can't stop it. playing it. <laughs> Is that like? <laughs> yeah. I, I. There are bits that I like. I wish you also can't really remap the buttons. There's a weird thing oh. where. Well, you can to an extent, and I've done it to an extent, but, like, the interact button by default is L2. Like, right. like to pick up stuff, to talk to people, to open doors, but it's also the button to zoom in and focus an attack. Uh, yeah. I've just never played a game where one of the triggers is the interact button, and then it leaves, like, the... I've swapped a bunch of stuff around, so, like, uh, Square is interact now, uh, sp- like um, detective mode or you know uh, supervision, the ghost drop you do. Yeah, I've put on like L L three, and then I've had to I've just put sprint on like a D pad button because you just so rarely sprint. Um, right. So I've mapped it around to to be more intuitive. But fucking who puts the interact button on L two? That bit hasn't bothered me because I do also quite like when you um go and do like a stealth kill on someone, how it vibrates the trigger as you're doing mm. it, which has been really nice. But um, the that was the, I knew there was one thing I was forgetting to say, the fucking sticks for me and like the look speed and all of that. I never have a problem with this generally in games, but they were fucking bad at yeah. the start. I really, really hated the way it felt to, to look around. Yep. So I had to spend a fair bit of time fucking with that. And you Same. can go into the options and change acceleration and deceleration and, and speed and all that sort of and all stuff. that stuff yeah i had to do but, that as well but it really did it felt like a a a, a, a unity based 
walking simulator made by someone who didn't care that the walking felt like shit. <laughs> right, that you were playing on an old computer that fucking couldn't run it. Like, yeah, yeah. It was genuinely bad, the controls to start with on the PS5 at least. I don't yeah. know how it is on a mouse and keyboard, but like... There, yeah, it's worth changing that straight away if you play this, which, uh, yep. you know, I think there's a lot of reasons to play it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That was objective. That really bad. It sounds cool. <laughs> it's 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 interesting, though. Yeah, like this, a lot of the reviews I've seen kind of echo what you guys say. Like maybe three-fifths of it are like really top tier, like in, in a bunch of categories, like you were saying, Ben, and then it's just mm. like sounds like it's a bit of a shame that there's just these couple of elements that just kind of aren't quite there because it could potentially be an all-timer if they were a little more up to, yeah. up to scratch. I, it's kind of how I felt with... Uh, like, I played that first Evil Within and uh, felt kind of similarly where there were bits of it that were cool, but I just didn't really like it because it just didn't feel well-tuned in some aspects to me. And mm-hmm. this is has been more appealing than that. Right, um, and right. And I've really enjoyed... Um, yeah, I'm the same as you where I just keep want to keep playing it. Yeah. And I feel like I want to go and do 100% of it because it's just satisfying to... It is honestly genuinely really similar to Kirby. Yeah, <laughs> it is, for sure. Um, I wonder if it's better on PC. I reckon a mouse and keyboard might help the combat because right. like the auto-aim stuff, if anything, is a hindrance on the PS5 to me. Like, it If I could move around like twice as fast... And move the, my camera around twice as fast because I've already it's all up hundred percent. Then it probably would be a, like really, really top tier game for me because of everything else about it. But and maybe either the settings are better on a PC or you could get a mod or you know whatever. Like you could make yeah, it you just play faster. I, but it yeah, I think the way the combat is, it would be needs so much retuning that it is just a, an element of this game that they've kind of you know, is is the weakest part of this game. Right. Yeah. But um it's still pretty good. Still yeah. pretty good. Still I'd still recommend it if it sounds if it still sounds appealing to you, then I reckon give it a crack. But if you're like, well no, I want to feel like I'm playing Doom twenty sixteen, not Doom Eternal, uh probably give it a miss. And honestly, if it just is sort of visually appealing to you and aesthetically appealing, that is the best part of this game and might be enough to get sure. you to be yeah. interested, you know? Like, I yeah. think that part is just so well done and so cool to look at that uh, it's been uh, a, a real good time. Yeah, yeah. maybe if you, if you want to... If you're, like, yeah, fucking walking <laughs> around a ghost Shibuya at, like, yeah. incredible levels of visuals... And you're not someone who wants a challenge. Just go into it by like put it on easy mode, fix the controls up, and you'll probably have a good time. Yeah, it was so weird to recognize a specific part of Shibuya Station because of Persona Five. <laughs> oh yeah, like I just whatever it is about this game clicked me into like oh cool I, I'm I'm a Japanophile now. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, full otaku. Welcome, brother. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah I recognize stuff from having been there. It was it was cool. It was str- like, not like you know Shibuya Crossing, but like other entrances to big complexes and stuff like oh fuck man i've been here and and now there's all the ghosts like i wished there were i've actually seen a ghost in real life too so i recognize (laughs) that ben were you able to uh locate the hooters that you and i went to lunch for on the (laughs) first day yeah yeah I, I think I literally did walk up that street. I don't. It's all the businesses, obviously, every, uh, re, you know, they're genericized. But um, yeah, yeah. I literally have, yeah, recognized places that we've walked to. Sick. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that is going to do us for this week on Filthy Casuals. Thank you for listening. Come and check out our shows at the Comedy Festival if you are in Melbourne. My show, yes. Tommy Dasilo, Turtle Island, and you boys, Chimp Cop, Imposter Syndrome. Get on the Comedy Festival website, comedyfestival.com.au for tickets to those. Filthycasuals.com.au for all of our stuff that we have going on. We've got the Patreon. You can get a bonus episode every week. You get early access to the videos that we do. And, uh, yeah, check out the YouTube channel even if you're not on the Patreon. There's uh, there's yeah. tons and tons and tons of videos up on there. We've got Let's Plays. We've got little one-offs. We've got little theme videos that we do. There's hours and hours of content there for you if that's the kind of thing that you uh, are looking for 
we got the band camp where we do the premium episodes where we focus in on a franchise or a uh, developer or a theme. With the most recent one is all the Star Wars games. Mm-hmm. And uh, hey, yeah. Adam, you can you can take a re-listen to ten games to play if you were hypothetically not allowed to leave the house. <laughs> 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 that, that's how I'm going to spend this time. Yeah. <laughs> really you can listen, listen to, to my that. opinions on it and go like, oh, fuck, I was wrong about that. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you can vet it. You can uh, make sure. Update. But, um, yeah. yeah. Why would I have said that? <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks very much for listening. We'll see you next time. And as we say here at the end of every episode of Filthy Casuals. Sorry about how I sounded during this episode. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.